When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fulfilling the promise of efficiency and an improved total experience in healthcare continues giving rise to the idea that somehow there should be an Uber of healthcare or maybe an Amazon of healthcare. The notion has become a sort of shorthand for perceptions in inefficiency and experiences in healthcare that are somehow subpar or less than ideal. In reality, those frustrations are largely disruptable from within whether that's from existing health tech proprietors that have a hold on provider operations or from the emerging peripheral servicing marketplace as integration with health tech and healthcare improves rapidly. That's where companies like Authentics are making their voices known. Today, we talk with Amy Brown, CEO of Authentics, who conceived the company from her experience working with big data collections at a large health insurer and its call center. Amy and her team collects and trends voice data, applying an analysis through voice recognition to identify opportunities to improve outcomes and pick up where the human element can't. As she explains in her interview, there are certainly plenty of voice recognition software tools out there but there's a key approach her team uses that gives them a power position. I'm Lance Lunsford, Senior Partner of Groundswell Health at OurGroundswell.com. Thanks for listening to the Connected Hospital Podcast on the Touchpoint Network. All right, Amy, thank you so much for um, talking to us today on the Connected Hospital Podcast. You've got a really exciting company and a really exciting organization that you're building out, which isn't easy in this day and age just to go stand up a company and get moving, but it's really not easy in the space that you're um, working in, which is obviously healthcare, the longest and most fraught uh, sales cycle there possibly is. And then you also make it worse by uh, more difficult by being in uh, uh, on the health insurance side, but um, or the payer side also. But tell us kind of what the overall focus and and gestalt is of the the business that brought you here today and, and what Authentics is. Yeah, thanks, Lance. It's great to be here. So Authentics is a company that was born out of a lot of experience working inside healthcare. I, uh, prior to launching the company, spent 20 years, uh, you know, working in the healthcare space. And um, what I learned is that there's a whole lot of conversations going on um, outside of that clinical visit, um, you know, with with your billing center, with your scheduling, and even the post and and pre and post op or hospital visit. And in those conversations, and I was in charge of kind of the call center managing those conversations, I realized that there is just a ton of insight about the patient experience going on inside these conversations. And they're largely being recorded, but stored and ignored by uh, the operations side of the house. And so uh, what I came to realize as a leader in healthcare was that there was a huge opportunity for us to, using technology, um, leverage the insights that are locked up in those uh, conversations 
and help serve the healthcare system more effectively by, by getting them out to the different leaders within the organization that needed them. And I think that's, uh, it, it is fascinating. I read a little bit uh, about your story and your background of, um, and developing those insights that you have um, that are being kind of gathered in your customer call centers and, and building that out into what you call, call an insight center. And I think that's interesting because if, if there's one thing that we can assume about some of those health insurance, large health insurance companies is that they know that, that they, A, have a ton of data on hand and B, that they know how to use that. Because I mean, they are kind of coming to the table with a system that's built on managing risk and analyzing that risk through actuarial data um, that's, that's vast. And so, um, so it, it's interesting that, um, so you kind of took that and said, well, we can do this, this better. And, and tell us how you, you do some of that analysis better and why you've prioritized the areas that you have. Sure. Um, so the way we do our work is we, uh, we're telephony platform agnostic, which means that Authentics is not a, a, a call center and we are not a uh, telephony software. We are an analytics software uh, that takes in recorded customer conversations. A large part of those are, are voice recordings from, from your telephony platform, but we also have you know, clients who are doing omni-channel. So they're communicating with patients and, and physicians via text, via email, as well as phone. So we can take all those media types into our platform. When we do that, we apply uh, natural language understanding algorithms and you know, are really looking for the key themes that are driving patient or member pain, <laughs> pain points, uh, as well as what's going well. Uh, we, we find that just as much as leaders want to find the problems, they also want to know what's going well uh, so that they can amplify that. And um, so we use speech analytics to find those themes. And then our platform has this process called smart sampling, where we're taking a large sum of data, maybe it's 100,000 interactions that came in last week. And we're saying, okay, we, we know we want to zero in on, on patients who are talking about social determinants of health, for example. And so speech analytics will help us find those, um, kind of the needles within the haystack. And that smart sample, that smaller curated sample then goes through a much deeper analysis in our platform that allows human beings, human ears to further evaluate, tag, label, add their own analysis to the interaction so that at the end of our process within our platform, we have a very comprehensive, very contextually rich understanding of the topic that we're most interested in. So, the, so, the, so we can, I guess the best way to really dig into that first might be as an example. And so if we were to jump into some of that compliance side and where a hospital or a provider might be most um, challenged to manage that uh, continuum, it would be that um, you, your, your team can go in and say, well, we know that based on the voice voices and the data that we're capturing that this 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 point, this point, and this point is the greatest area of risk for uh, patients who meet this set of demographic criteria. 
That's exactly right. And and I'd I'd be happy to give a, a real world example. Um, you know, hospital systems care a lot about readmission rates right now, right? right. And they're trying to figure out how to re reduce that chance that someone's not going to follow their treatment plan <laughs> once they're discharged. Well, guess what? When 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 patients post visit are starting to get bills in the mail, they're contacting the hospital's billing uh, contact center. And we have heard and can quantify and contextualize customers who are calling in having received their bill and maybe it's an insurance issue or maybe they're um, not covered by a payer. Regardless, we hear customers saying, I can't afford this bill and I also can't afford any of my follow-up visits. So I'm gonna go ahead and cancel my follow-up visits. And I'm just gonna, because I, I know I won't be able to afford this. Now, in, in, in many hospital organizations, that conversation stays with the billing, into the ears of the billing um, representative. But what our technology can do is say, hey, we've identified that as a topic we need to spur an action to the care team in the provider's office to do something proactive to try to assist this person in, in taking care of their bills so that they can continue their follow-up visits. Because otherwise we have a much bigger problem at the person's more at risk at, at being uh, readmitted uh, because, of, because of a financial issue. No, that is, that is, that's great. And I think it's a perfect example because I think one of the things that we worry about for the industry is that we've almost plateaued in over the last decade of work that we've transformed the health industry, you know, somewhat successfully when you consider all the the, the hurdles that, and barriers that we had to, to do some of those outcomes improvements, but there's almost a, a plateau that we've hit as an industry. And do you think that that's, I mean, A, if you agree with that, um, I know that we will always have areas of improvement, but operationally, um, you know, hospitals and providers are doing just about all that they can in the systems and the technology and the retraining. Um, is that an opportunity for your team too? And, and especially as ACOs have, have, you know, the more successful they are, the more they are going to have to do to, to improve, uh, to identify systems that can help them improve even in these areas where the human behavior, the human, human mistakes and the, the, uh, can, can kind of falter. Yeah, uh, the, the system has, unfortunately, and, and the healthcare system is similar to many other industries on this point, but we, we've all relied upon solicited means of feedback, meaning surveys and online reviews, as our source of how we're doing. And the problem with that is twofold. First of all, it's a skewed data set. You know, you, you, it's not representative of your entire customer population, that, that there is a diminishing number of people who have a tolerance for even responding to surveys. And if they, if they are, they're probably either very happy or unhappy with the experience. And so that's what I mean by it's a skewed and very limited uh, data set. The second problem with it is it's retrospective and you're putting that you're putting the burden on the customer to reflect back on their experience. And, and usually what comes from that in a systematic survey is a numeric score. And maybe if you're lucky, a, a comment that someone has written. 
we are leaving as an industry so much gold on the table that we already own inside of our shops in terms of these recorded customer conversations, whether they're audio, chat, text, whatever they are. They're so much richer because you're getting a two-way conversation that's as long as is maybe 10, 15 minutes long. There's so much more context there. And there's so much more unsolicited feedback where you can hear the story and the context around the customer sentiment, around what is driving um, patient retention into the network or what might cause them to leave the network. And it's all just right there. We haven't asked them for it. They're, they're telling us, right? right? And so that's where we have a huge opportunity is to, to leverage the data sources we already own that can take us well beyond what we're relying upon today in terms of you know, survey scores. That's a, so in this example, in that survey scores, I mean, you, you, could, you are talking at its heart about set, even patient satisfaction and, and being able to impact HCAPs then. Is that an area where um, hospitals uh, and, and providers writ large are uh, respond, responding to your team now? I mean, do they see that opportunity in, 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 the, in the aggregate? They absolutely do, because what they're trying to get at is, how do I even impact my survey scores? <laughs> How do I know the story behind what they are today? And, and we're saying, hey, we can, we can be the leading indicators of what your survey scores may be um, and also give you a more complete data set because we're gonna have 100% of the recordings of your customer interactions, not just those from the folks who are either very happy or very angry. And, is, and, and so that that is uh, that's incredible. Is there another area where you can uncover and, and, and is this kind of in your operations where you can kind of uncover an operational inefficiency or an operational defect? And, and I mean, it was, is that core or uh, is that a value add? It is absolutely core. So I have a question for you, Lance. Have you ever spent half a day of your of your precious time trying to solve a problem with customer service that should have probably taken you like two minutes can you oh, think absolutely i'm about to bring you an example as soon as you finish this one but yes absolutely okay well it's probably happened to most folks who are listening to this podcast at least once or twice and the fact of the matter is our data says that a third of all customer conversations are people who are stuck in what we call at Authentics an eddy, where they are churning around and around trying to solve a problem due to an operational inefficiency. If the customer journey had gone as designed by the marketing folks uh, and drawn on the beautiful picture on the wall, then that call never would have happened or that email never would have happened. But the fact of the matter is there was either a technology breakdown, a communications breakdown, or a process breakdown. And that has caused two things. It has caused customer effort and therefore frustration. And it is also wasting uh, the healthcare systems at dollars, because here they're spending time trying to resolve issues that never should have occurred in the first place. And so Authentics has a machine learning model called the Eddy Effect machine learning model. And what we're doing is taking all the data, all the conversational data that is coming into our platform, we're diagnosing how many people are stuck in an eddy and what is the root cause of that? Is it due to billing and claims issues? Is it due to 
um, scheduling issues. And using that smart sampling process, we're able to drill down and contextualize it with the end goal of helping leaders understand what eddy effects are costing them in terms of wasted time and resource on their part, and in terms of bad patient experience. And then we're helping them solve that over time and using our product to track the improvement of the eddy effect. That's it. That is incredible. And you really have to love any reference to boating and kayaking in a complex <laughs> industry. Like, uh... That's right. Well, I, I went home one, one day to my husband, who is a outdoor enthusiast. And I said, we're just seeing this, this problem in the data where patients are just churning over and over again, trying to solve a problem. And he said, you know what that sounds like, Amy, is an eddy, a river eddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's where that's it right. came from. I'm glad I'm not alone in that reference from, uh, you know, 1993 and kayaking merit badge. That's, that's, that's great. Nice. Well, uh, your, your husband and I would definitely get along in that day. I think that's the, uh, that's great. So the, the, the interesting thing about, about this and they kind of your point there is that we, we are coming off of, you know, my family have a major surgery at, for our, our 13 year old. And it was fascinating that, you know, we, you can do all that you can as a as a patient and as a family to get all your ducks in a row, and you know you and you know the healthcare system pretty pretty well. Um, and knowing all that you know and all the things that can break down, you start to identify areas where you can care the most, and so it, it, where you can have an impact and where you can't, and you start to break break that down. And so we were getting ready to get all of our prescription drugs the second she got home so that we can manage her pain. And, and um, so you get there at, to the, to the pharmacy at, at 10 AM and, you know, lo and behold, never mind the shortage that was occurring on this particular high dosage of opioids that she was going to need, but then find out that they couldn't actually fill it because our insurance company needed a prior authorization on this. And, I was fascinated. I just stood there for a second to say, you've got all this data, you've got all these actuarials, you knew that we had this surgery coming up, and you knew it was for a 13-year-old girl, not for a 50-year-old, uh, potentially a, a abusive opioid, <laughs> a person abusing opioids, someone coming off of this major surgery. Is this the kind of thing that a, we all recognize the system should have already taken care of with the technology at hand. But B, is this something that can, do you see that it's kind of core in your company's capabilities of identifying the frequency of those things and raising them to the, the top, whether it's this specific kind of instance or instances like them and, and raising it to the top of the priority field? Well, first of all, Lance, thank you for sharing that example. And as you were telling that story, I could feel the, the empathy for of frustration on, on your behalf, especially when it's happening to a loved one and you are the person trying to make things happen for them. And that's often what we hear is we hear caregivers, loved ones, you know, trying to solve problems for their, for their uh, patient. Um, and it is absolutely, uh, you know, <laughs> excruciatingly painful to see a healthcare system with so much complexity um, affecting patient outcomes, affect affecting people's ability to get 
life-saving medications because of system issues. And that your example is a perfect one for the types of things we see all the time. And we have this really interesting perspective because our clients are pharmaceutical manufacturers, health and hospital systems, and payers. And so there is so much, there's almost like a giant eddy going between those three parties, those three verticals. Because when we aggregate all the data up, we see patients going back and forth between pharmacy, provider, and payer. Prior authorization is usually a very big um, component of why they are negotiating in between those three verticals. And uh, th there has got to be a better way. And that's exactly what we're trying to um, help our clients understand. Uh, but first, they have to, we have to diagnose the problem. And that's where we start. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. I, you know, as we were looking at it and really examining the the breakdown of what had occurred there, we've got multiple college degrees, advanced degrees between us. <laughs> we, we're funded. Um, you know, we've we've got you know we're 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 financed. Uh, you know, and and I'm, we were thinking like if this is the thing, the problem we run into. Imagine what an at-risk population is going to be running into that's not not knowledgeable of the industry and doesn't have the ability to be, to find a calm in that storm of confusion. And so I, I think being able to enable organizations the way, the way your technology is, is doing that is, is I think um, is really exciting. So I guess that's where I kind of want to move now is the response that the systems that you're trying to serve are giving you. So tell us a little bit about where you are in terms of the age of the company and, and I guess what some of the initial response has been as y'all have uh, been growing into the, the marketplace. Yeah. So we are in our third year. Uh, we, I just closed our Series A. Um, so we are a venture-backed company, closed the Series A in June. Uh, we have grown rapidly. Um, in the past year, during the middle of COVID, we have 4 x our revenue, and it's all been exclusively within the healthcare space in those three verticals that I mentioned. Um, the response has been, um, really twofold. The, first, first off, our clients are really appreciative of the fact that um, we not only through our product are able to aggregate, you know, events and topics and themes in the data, but we get really deep in terms of the context. We're, we're pulling out audio clips exact conversations, quotes. And what it's doing is it's triggering not only the conscious brain of our clients and the leaders that are that are trying to understand a problem, but it's also triggering the primal brain because they're hearing in a very efficient way. They are hearing the voices of their customers and they're hearing things they cannot unhear, right? Because we didn't interpret this we are, we are simply using AI to help pull out subsections of conversations that speak to the theme and 
curating them for the client, our clients, who can now in a really scalable way, literally listen to the voice of their customer. And once they hear the frustration, that combination of, of showing quantitative data with the qualitative and that emotional um, connection that they're feeling, it spurs action, right? They, they, they can't unhear it and now they wanna take action. And so one response has been, okay, this is really helpful and I now have enough context. I'm going to make changes and I wanna use authentics to see if the changes I'm making are having the intended impact. That's, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the second the second response has been uh, really about well where else can we take this so we might start for example in the billing area of a of a hospital system and you know their goal is to figure out how do they reduce the revenue uh, cycle time what's what's being hung up in that that patient payment experience that we can reduce that so we will start to tackle that. But then over time, what we've seen hospital systems do is, is see so much value in our technology and the insights that come from this data source that they're now you know, bringing it to scheduling. And we've just, we've just uh, started up a nurse triage uh, line in a hospital system where we had started with billing, then moved to scheduling, and now, now are doing nurse triage because the, the value is in every functional area where there is a customer conversation going on. So what's fascinating about that, I think, is that you're you're able to use a, a technology maybe for the first time that that you that I can kind of put a finger on um, where you're taking anecdotal feedback in the way that a C-suite might have heard about it in the past and they're moving into a thematic feedback use, simultaneously using using that data because I. I can think of a thousand times when I was working in the hospital where you would get that anecdotal feedback and you're kind of like, huh, you know, and then you get it again, you get it again, and you kind of create through time this thematic feedback, but using it in data in real time and being able to kind of put it into a tangible report without deploying a survey or, you know, as, as you've noted, uh, or a study to analyze. Um, I think that is what's exciting, especially in the, the phase that you're in. And I know we're we're short on time, but I am curious about you know do do you see um, a, a B round and and what's what is next for the the company what's what's next on your agenda and plate that you see as a major opportunity or challenge? Yeah, yeah. So we we are anticipating a B round, um, and we are we see a huge opportunity for growth within healthcare, um, and we are going to stay focused for the foreseeable future in healthcare, but there's certainly some areas of the healthcare system that we haven't fully tapped into yet, such as um, telehealth uh, and um, maybe some of those tangential uh, health or medical related um, insurance products, uh, as well as the medical device uh, area. So those are some of the markets we're looking to, to go to. And in terms of from a product roadmap perspective, you know, I, I told you about our Eddy Effect a machine learning algorithm. The reason why our that algorithm is so effective is because we have such a fabulously um, specific uh, set of data, healthcare conversational data. So there are other machine learning models that we are uh, developing right now with this great data 
to apply to other healthcare specific concerns, uh, things like identifying uh, social determinants of health using machine learning um, uh, uh, algorithms, um, identifying compliance events that are specific to the healthcare uh, world. We, we know that there are other speech analytics companies out there, uh, but they're industry agnostic. And so when, they, when they're deployed within a um, healthcare company, the healthcare company has to figure out the use case and what topics to, to study and what, what to draw out of the conversations. But when they, when they come to authentics, because we know this space, we already have algorithms that are geared towards the, the things that are most important. So we're just gonna keep pouring into that um, and, and helping the industry that we serve. Well, we, uh, you know, it's my fault, but uh, you know, I, it does sound like we, uh, we buried the lead on the, the established uh, players on the voice analysts in the market and being industry agnostic. So we will uh, definitely pick up on that again sometime because you're exactly right of, of what, what I think a, a concern has been for a lot of us and that is managing that continuum is so dependent on um, the human factor and the the many plates that providers are having to spend with staff and not being able to really weave that together in a holistic tech that's you know that is agnostic and I'll hold off on my rant about the failure of the EHRs to do that, um, and the, uh, even though it's taken a decade of them being federally funded, um, we still are, are in a position where, where we, we, disruption and innovation is, is an opportunity and for, for players like you guys to come in and, and do that is exciting. Thank you very much. And I would love to have a follow-up conversation to hear your rant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, it's, it, is, it is financially to the, my own detriment, I promise. So um, <laughs> I appreciate getting to, to chat with you. We will put some more information out there, um, but for, for those interested, you can go to beauthentics.com. That's beauthenticx.com. And Amy, I, I really appreciate your time today to, to chat about your company and, and all that you've uh, done to, to be successful today. And I'm looking forward to the growth. Thank you so much. It's been a great conversation.